When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to the Always Be Comedy podcast. My name is James Gill. I am the MC at the multi-award-winning comedy nights, Always Be Comedy. I'm joined, as always, by my comedy husband, Always Be Comedy's very own, Tim Lewis. Hello, Tim Lewis. Hello, James Gill. The Always Be Comedy podcast is where we sit down with a guest and they curate what would be their dream comedy gig. Who would open? Who would close? What sort of gigging nightmare that they've experienced must not, under any circumstances, happen at this fantasy comedy gig? It's all this and so much more. And by so much more, we often mean quite a lot of gossip. Hello, welcome to the Always Be Comedy podcast. Uh, We are joined today by one of the very best comedians in Sean Walsh, Funny Bones great performer great angles great comedian uh tim i nearly went with timo timo sean one of those dudes especially always be comedy just an absolute room destroyer turns the place to to rubble he's one of the best we've got it's just undeniable one of the best observational comedians there's ever been he's just just one of my favourite acts to watch. Maybe my favourite act to watch. Also, <laughs> get ready, bingo fans. A great hang. An absolutely top-tier hang. One for best hangs as well. Yeah, hang. Uh, in the spirit of transparency, we're not saying that uh, this episode was recorded a while ago, but uh, during the recording, Abraham Lincoln was shot. Um, <laughs> Tim, we've had we've had quite the week... The podcast has I, right. By the way, I don't, I don't know if, of any other podcasts that talk about the charts as much as we do. The Chatterbix Boys will sometimes bring it up, I suppose. They're very the ones, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we, we jumped up a preposterous number of places, and at the time of recording, uh, of very comfortably back into the top one hundred. Yeah, it's been lovely to see. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, fa- <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Also, what has played a part is our uh, popularity in Malta, which was mentioned on a recent podcast, and we had a bit, we had some correspondence. Uh, Here we go. Alexandra writes, hello, James and Tim. I've listened from the beginning of the podcast. It goes without saying that the friendship dynamic, I'll explain why I've got a, a slight frog in the throat in a bit, but anyway. It goes without saying that the friendship dynamic between the two of you, the stellar guests and comedy gossip is what keeps us all gripped. But in capitals, I was even more delighted to hear you call out the listeners in Valletta, Malta. Wait for it. I'm one of them. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes. Sending you love for a wonderful 2024. And I really hope to get over to the UK for a gig at the Tommy Field soon. Kind regards, Alexandra. Tim, that is God-tier correspondence. I just, I, I can't, I still can't believe the popularity we have in Malta. I'm still baffled by it. And it's so great to hear from one of the listeners. That's amazing. That is lovely to hear. Yes, I hope, I really hope you do make it down to a gig soon, Alexandra. Also, just just to explain, if if, if it sounds like there is a slight frog in the throat, uh, myself and my wife have got into doing a cold water plunge. Basically, what you do, you but I'm, I don't want you thinking that uh, I'm Rockefeller because what you what you buy is essentially a wheelie bin, right? And you fill it with 
cold water. And we've done, this is day six at the time of speaking. The water today was three degrees. Now, I'm sure a lot of you would have heard of Wim Hof and all this malarkey. Oh, the health benefits. I'll be honest with you. I think I might have accidentally given myself a bit of a cold. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This is from Luke. Just wanted to say, I love your podcast and it has got me back into comedy after not following it very much for a few years and very much look forward to coming to an always be comedy soon. Tim, that again is what you love to hear because we are, let's face it, the, the word anorak isn't always positive, but we, 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 I think we'll wear that label with pride. We're a couple of comedy anoraks, Tim, and it's nice if that's rubbing off on other people. Oh, God, absolutely. Yeah, we started this, uh, well, well, we got into this job, let alone start this podcast, because we love comedy so much. So, yeah, it's delightful to see other comedy nerds come back into the fold. And, and dare I say, again, this is for Bingo Card Mark II, it's not for us to say this, but um, I, th- I, would, I would hope that Always Be Comedy, Tim, we, we must never, ever be comfortable talking about things going well, because I think you're, you're no longer a comedian. But I think Always Be Comedy is regarded how it's regarded because comedy is a, a, a genuine obsession. I th- yeah, I think so. I, I'd like to think so, absolutely. In fact, at the time of recording, we had Josh Widdicombe down last night for his first gig in a lot. He said on stage last night that it, that it's the first time he's done a new joke. The last, sorry, the last time he did a new joke, Theresa May was still the prime minister. So it was it was a delight to have him down. We had we all we had old Johnny Bish. Uh, John Bishop was down uh, on Sunday. Uh, Romesh just did a run of uh, six. Tour previews with us. Oh, and then Tim, a big favourite, Rachel Fairburn was back. Oh, my good God. She could not be more up our street. She did some new gear last night, and it was extraordinary. Tim, I realised that I was performing. I think she was laughing as I was doing it. I was performing her new material back at her during the break, but was doing a thick Mancunian accent (laughs) while I... Yeah, yeah, I noticed. Yeah, I'm re- I'd like to apologise to the Fairburn family and the people of Manchester. And I was doing it also. I was really jabbing a finger like in her face. No, it was it was it was with love. Just it was with love and with she everyone. Was, she was she was. I would like. I can't emphasise this enough. She was laughing very hard while I was doing it. I think it's because I was really I was really feeling it. I was like my inner Fairburn was really uh, was really coming out. I've got to say, Rachel Fairburn is someone that's been doing always be comedy a lot this past this past few months and then to see her do apollo and nail apollo was absolutely fantastic fairburn is a bit like paul mccaffrey in the obviously the on stage persona is um that glorious fury you know uh like top tier whinging um and so it, it, it almost didn't feel right as all speaking so positively before the gig tim one of the all-time great pre-gig hangs last night. My goodness. Great stuff. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. If, if you're ever thinking, what is the pre-gig hang like? It's a bit like this, I suppose. It's just, it's super upbeat uh, chat, I guess. Uh, now, Tim, Sean Walsh is on tour. He still has quite a few dates left. If you've never seen Sean Walsh, Google Sean Walsh tour. He's hopefully coming to a town near you. And honest to goodness... Uh, your your belly will be aching. If there's any parents listening, maybe some of you can write to this. Our kids did not go back to school until the 9th of January. Uh, and so these past few days I've been playing, I've, been, I've, I've really been catching up with my booking, as you will see if you visit the Always Be Comedy website. And so we've added new shows with the likes of Kima Bob, uh, Nick Helm, uh, and you will see Mike Wozniak has added a run of work in progress shows. So if you visit alwaysbecomedy.com and you will see that we have added and continue to add uh, lots of new shows. So hopefully we will see you uh, in the coming weeks and months. But then obviously, you know, we appreciate a lot of you live uh, in the sticks or uh, around the world. So it's not as easy to get to the Tommy Field. So what we are trying to do 
this year it's it's been a bit of a, a new year's resolution is to try live stream more shows this year and so we are live streaming finn taylor uh his show with us will be live streamed uh, and then we are also live streaming uh, a preview with nick helm so finn taylor monday the 22nd of january will be live streamed from the tommy field and then nick helm monday the 11th of march will be live streamed from the tommy field and we are trying to do more of those uh this calendar year and then obviously more podcasts that sort of went without saying any correspondence as ever we are the team at alwaysbecomedy.com the team at alwaysbecomedy.com across the socials we are at always be comedy those five star reviews help like you wouldn't believe tim i think the five star reviews also play a part in the ascendancy up the charts i think so the charts are famously hard to understand but I, th- I think that's a factor. So do us a favor and give us some fives. And we and I think also that there's been a lot of press attack. Sorry, this is a real PR section, uh, uh, and it's all my fault. I apologize. There's been a lot of press coverage as well, which is which has been, been great. It, this is a very long-winded way of saying thank you. It's we're, we're always very grateful. All the shares and all that. It, it, it's it's awesome. Very needy. I apologize. Uh, anyway, here we go. Without further ado, uh, one of the greats. Sean Walsh. We're joined by, and I should, Sean really loathes these sort of uh, highfalutin intros, but we're, we're joined with uh, a ferociously talented room rocking comedian uh, in Sean Walsh. Sean, we speak to you right now where it feels like you've got the world by the tail. Uh, at the time of recording, Kiss. Your special is about to pass a hundred thousand uh, views. That 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 must be a nice feeling, Sean. It's un- it's unbelievable. It's um, first of all, by the way, just quickly, I uh, I you're right. I used to not enjoy that those kind of intros, and and now I actually felt that that wasn't enough. I thought I thought I I thought you could have gone bigger. Um, okay, well maybe after this after the chat, what Tim and I will do. We'll get together, maybe put a script together. Yeah, if you can. We'll really... That would be great. Um, No, I... I, No, do you know what? Um, Just quickly, I think that... So, Kiss is obviously... uh, YouTube, they call it specials now, which I don't really like, but it's called a special. And I've put it up on YouTube. And when I was doing this show, when I was touring this show and I did it in Edinburgh, a lot of people kind of assumed that that would be cathartic. And that was not cathartic. That was absolutely horrific and probably shouldn't have been doing that show in the kind of state that I was in when I was doing it. And then three years on to then kind of do a one off recording and then for it to be received so well, like, you know, I'm sure you've seen it, but you know, Kathy Burke um, sharing it. And I don't know Kathy at all. And, and she made a point of that. And um, uh, and Bill Bailey, who, who I, do, you know, I, 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 I of course, have, have met and love, but particularly, you know, have have friends of friends. And uh, and Jack Deep, who I do obviously know, but, lo- you know, loads of, to have these people share it and just everyone. And, of course, your good self, ABC. <laughs> but, you know, it's... It's, I don't know if cathartic's the right word, but it's really, um, it's really made me feel. And I think I did a kind of mushy tweet where it's made me feel good. Genuinely, I know this is wanky, but I think it's genuinely made me feel good about myself for the first time since all of that shit kicked off. So that's a long time to kind of, hate yourself your life everything for then that for that to go down so well that really has changed a lot for me and and really made me feel i i am not you know me i am not a proud sound like paul you know me i am not a proud man but i am <laughs> I'm a, I, my, my career is is mainly full of shame and kind of disgust and I should have done better and I should have been this and I should have been that. It's the first time in so long that something has 
happened for me that I made happen myself. No one wanted to buy it. No one would go anywhere near me. And then for it to go down so well has just, has been amazing. I'm sure you didn't want this monologue, but that's, that's what it feels like to have something go down so well is you, you didn't want that rant, those ramblings, but there you go. It feels great. Thank you. I've, I mean, I've interviewed Bill Burr a few times down the years and, and wow. but no, but his, his mindset is it took him 20 years to become an overnight success. Very neat line. I like that. That's very good. There's That's something in that, though. Yes. I imagine. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, yes, you're right. I could ramble on. I'm not going to ramble on. Yeah, that is a lovely quote. And um, I do think the American system is different in that. I, 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 and I, I don't think I'm particularly a victim of this. In fact, I think I've probably, um, in my younger days, um gained from this but for some reason this country in particular when it comes to stand-up hopefully it changes but for some reason this country i do think is kind of weirdly ageist do you know what i mean in terms of making that yeah. that when you look at some of the live acts the live acts that do the circuit with no disrespect to some of the younger comics that are on television you know that you you can see the potential and see how how brilliant they're going to be when you look at the, the circuit and the and some of the comics that aren't household names it saddens me it saddens me that the the business works the way it does i don't understand really the intricacies the ins and outs of of the way it works so i don't really know what i'm talking about but what i mean is I, it saddens me that some of the people that do stand up aren't filling the apollo when if you were going on how funny they are, you know, they should be filling the O2. So, you know, just for example, me and McCaffrey, well, McCaffrey's one, but me and McCaffrey had it, uh, had him on the, uh, on the pod, Tom Stade. You know, when Tom Stade is on fire, it's, it's, un it's unbelievable. Yeah. To Tom Stade is, was, I was on a bill and it was only, I think it was just pre-pandemic and it was me, Tom Paul Tomkinson, and uh, and Tom stayed. That was the bill. Sean Mio was was emceeing. But honestly, that that night, it, it, and I'm not saying the four. I'm not, and I'm really not saying that the four of us were that. That was that's the best bill in the country, you know. But that night was one of the best nights of stand up I've I've ever been part of. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we need to go back to four straight straight white men. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What has happened is. Is, is a disaster. Tim, this is the clip that we're going to share. <laughs> yeah. But sure, um, but sure. Yeah, I, I anyway. would, I, but I would say to you, as as the as the as the, the these kids with the TikTok, but genuinely, as your TikTokers in, and your YouTubers prove, I mean, TV is not the be all and end all. I know because yeah. you and I, we grew up watching TV. It was all about, you know, I'm older than you. So as a kid, I was watching all the sketch shows and all the comedy in the 1980s. So, so for me, I'm indoctrinated to TV, TV, yes. yeah, yeah, totally. but, in, but the reality, as you're proving with the, the show on YouTube, it doesn't all begin and end with TV. Well, not for me, for, for me personally, you know, after kind of being, you know, almost, and there were, there were people that, you know, have helped me out and, and, um, I will be forever grateful. But, you know, I, I was almost untouchable in, in TV land. And so I had to kind of get my act together and go, what do we do? And, and me and Paul have set up the podcast, which is, is doing really well. And, uh, and then YouTube, you know, the, the Kiss show. And my plan is to just do Edinburgh, do my next show, and out the other side of that, record that and post that. I kind of, for me, TV, and obviously, you know, it, it, it's different for each individual. But for, t for me, TV is kind of, it feels like the side project now. If you get offered a bit of telly, which I, you know, I do and I do it and it's great fun. But for me, it's just about, I, I never think about telly. It's just about what can I do on the internet? The internet is, I mean, it's amazing. Some of the young guys that are making like clip, and I'm not even talking about stat, they are stand-ups, but some of the clips that they're making, these TikTok videos, are so funny, yeah. so imaginative. They are, I mean, the new, it's so cool to be at an age where you're watching young comics come through and, and are going, this is, this is my favourite thing. 
this is my I'm watching Boys Gone Wild, which is Horatio Gould and his and his flatmate Andrew. And it's my favorite sketch show, like since the far show or Big sure. Train. It's yeah. it's amazing. I was chatting with Ian Sterling recently, and Sterling said there's a clip on TikTok and it's a girl lip syncing Ian Sterling's stand-up, and it's had millions of views. And he wow. says the actual clip of Ian Sterling doing the stand-up has had something like 10,000 views. Oh, that's and amazing. So, and so Sterling, Sterling, I wish I could be an impressionist, but Sterling goes, the thing holding me back was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, if you think about it, that's completely right. Because, because how he broke it was his voice. What you needed to do is just get rid of Ian and just take his, <laughs> take his voice. Uh, just so the listeners know, we're joking there. Ian oh, Stewart, Ian Stewart oh, yeah. is, oh, I love Ian. Oh my God. And, 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 and an actual angel. One of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. uh, one of the sweetest. Oh, I love him. We love him. We work, we work with Ian on a thing recently and a, uh, a, a better human. I, I'm, I'm yet to me. I, I, I worship, uh, yeah. I think we both worship him. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so Sean, you've got you've got the chance to cu- curate your fantasy gig. I know that you, like me, are a, a, a comedy purist, a comedy anorak. Uh, so, who would what what are what are your? And I ask this as a man with lots of pre gig rituals. What what are your pre gig rituals? There are no pre gig rituals. I'm afraid. What I. I say that what I, I when I started, I didn't. It didn't matter what was in my pocket. So I would go on stage with my my tobacco would be in my pocket, my wallet and keys. And now I I kind of have to gig with empty pockets. <laughs> All right, I'm laughing a lot here because uh, there's a mate of my dad's, Pat, yeah. leg, a legend of of the town where we're from. And uh, I used to play a lot of golf as a kid, and all, my dad and all his mates were talking about how superstitious they are when it comes to golf. And Pat, who's sort of like a what a load of bollocks merchant, so he yes. sat there going, "You lot are talking absolute shit." Yes. And, and and then Pat turns to me and goes, "Mind you, if my tees are in my lucky left pocket, I can't play golf." There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It, it's not. Um... It's not that bad, but I do, I will, if I realise I've got something in my pockets, I will panic and quickly empty my pockets, put them, where I'll put it in my hat. Um, so I would just say all it is, is, is empty my pockets. But I used to, I used to be not, I used to not be able to wear a shirt that I died in. What would you do with the shirt? I would wear it on, I, I would still wear it, but just not at a gig. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to gig in a shirt I died in. Now that would mean that I would just. <laughs> I'd be you're naked. topless every night. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but um. So uh, yes, that, that I think those are. If they count as rituals, I go with that. They're rituals. I've when I do warm up, I've got basically I've got multiple exact same dark blue collared shirt, but there's there's one 
that's like the favourite. So if I've got, if I've got, I can totally relate. If I've got warm-ups on consecutive days, first thing in the morning, I will re-wash the same shirt. It's like... Oh, okay, if it's done well. I love it. I just, I've got like this uh, almost visceral bond with this shirt, you know. So you like the war- the wardrobe team, when I'm handing it in, they're, all, they're always like this again, because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fucked. Um, but once you've got, I think once you've got a favourite thing, that's it, isn't it? But I don't, and I also, I suppose it's not a ritual, but it's a kind of rule, if if I can help it. I have probably gigged in a T-shirt, just a T-shirt, with jeans and socks and underwear, Um, (laughs) only a handful of times, I reckon, in my 15 years. I really do not like gigging in a t-shirt. I feel really, really uncomfortable. Nice. So that's that. There you go. It's not a ritual, but it's a superstition. I, I really don't like gigging in a t-shirt. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I, I could. ABC. I've now gone full t-shirt, but anything else, always the dark blue collared shirt. I'm, I, I, I feel that. So, Sean, who is who is emceeing this Sean Walsh fantasy gig? Um, the MC. Um, for me, he's he, he's the first c- comedian I ever saw on the circuit live, um, and he's he's now become a friend of mine. But I think it would have to be none other than Brighton's Stephen Grant. As is he a first? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had seen Jack D live, uh, and I had seen Lee Evans live. But I, I had this weird thing in my head where I kind of thought that comedians, I thought you kind of had to be famous to do it, which obviously, the, you know, there's no logic to that. But I didn't know that there were comedians that weren't household names. I didn't know that, that kind of anyone could do it. And it, so he was the first that I'd ever seen. And he was the first person I'd ever seen say, you know, what do you do for a living? Where are you from? Have you, you know, how long have you been going out? So seeing someone do crowd work, it blew my mind. Um, And I still think to this, to this day, where Stephen has that kind of, you know, where he's quite, you know, he'll know this and I've joked about it with him, but where he's quite robotic, Stephen, um, in a good way, you know, it's amazing how quickly he can get to jokes from what the crowd do and all of that. I think he's he kind of is a perfect setup for 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 an act because I think Stephen's robotic brain and performance kind of it heightens your character and it heightens your personality. So, um, I, yeah, I would go with Stephen and I love him dearly and I always looked up to him and you don't really. Normally, I think you don't really ever hear comedians say of comedians that aren't famous, oh, they're a hero of mine. But you know, he what to me, he was he was famous. To me, it was Stephen Grot. He was the best. It, he was the MC. I mean, the disappointment when when you went to comedian and he came out. Uh, sorry, he came out, and when someone else came out and it wasn't him. You could feel it in the room. People, you know, want to see Stephen Grant because of how quick he can uh, he can do crowd work. Yeah, I think he would be. I couldn't think of a, a better host. Obviously, present company excluded. <laughs> Obviously, but I didn't grow up watching you. Hey, but I grew up watching you. Hey, baby. Right. So, who who's your opening act then? Well, I'm. I have not. I've made an absolute mess of this. This uh, not the not the uh, the lineup, but the running order. I, I just can't get this right. Uh, That's the spirit. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with Lee Evans. To be fair, he's going to pump some energy into the room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to. Um, Lee Evans will open the show, and. Um, that that gunshot sound is the middle spot blowing their brains out in the toilet. Oh God, yeah. Imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> right, uh, great, great choice, great choice. And also, um, what a comeback that would be. Yes, I suppose I hadn't even considered that. Retired, um, but you know, uh, I don't, for anyone that kind of has ever heard me talk about comedy before, they'll be bored because they'll know that that. 
that man, the influence he had on, so not only my comedy, but you have to factor in my life. It's a very strange thing when, you know, you, you end up meeting these people that have changed the course of your life. Yeah, sure. I, I, I met Jim Carrey. And it was, I was very shaken afterwards because I remembered being, um, you know, a 10 year old boy watching Ace Ventura. And, and that really, that was, that was the catalyst to them wanting, really wanting to do whatever it was that Jim Carrey was doing. And Lee Evans was the same. So Lee, it went from Jim Carrey to Lee Evans because Lee Evans was kind of the first time that I'd really got into stand-up, really knew what, it, it, he was the one that showed me what stand-up was. My friend Dave lent me Lee Evans' The Ultimate Experience, which was a compilation VHS of several Lee Evans tours, Lee Evans tours. And I, I honestly, I just, it got to the end, I rewound it. I watched it, it got to the end, I rewound it. And, and all I did was watch Lee Evans' The Ultimate Experience over and over and over and over again and, and practice practice doing those routines and practice sounding like him and, and turning up to school and being like him. And, and, um, and even in my act, you know, you see it in your act in the, in the loveliest way possible, the physicality. Yeah. I hope you do. It's, yeah. I know it's kind of postmodern yeah. like in a, in a time where like, you know, I'm going, yeah, the, my act is a bit of an homage to Lee Evans. It's a kind of strange time to be doing it. And, but I, I admit that, you know, I hope that someone goes, Oh, it's a bit like Lee Evans. I, I, that for me is a compliment. Not, not the material, but just that I want to look like a twat. I want I want to be an act of the way that Lee Evans made me feel as a child, you know, to watch this grown man pull funny faces and make funny noises. If I can, uh, you know, if I can, if I can do something like that, where I'm a grown man that is being totally, totally and utterly irrational, and you couldn't behave the way I'm behaving on stage in real life, then I'm doing it the way I want to do it, which is kind of like the way Lee Evans is doing it. So to me, he's totally magical. And, um, and I, you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting him. And uh, he, I watch Lee Evans once a year. I put him on once a year and it's like, it's like kind of, it's like going back and seeing your, your bedroom in your, in your parents' house. Sure. It's, it's that safety blanket. And um, I can't understand if, you know, when people don't, you know, you can turn your nose up at, at Lee Evans, can't you? But for me, you know, he's making the grandparents, the parents and the, the grandkids kids. laugh. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's just absolutely magical. And <laughs> I can't quite do that because I talked about, or used to, I, you know, I used to talk about booze a bit too much. But actually, if you got rid of that, I would hope that really my act is a bit sweary. But actually, actually, I kind of hope that everyone, not Kiss, Kiss is different, but the, 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 the you know, the normal stuff. I hope that anyone could watch it. A, a quality I admire in anyone as well is he leaves it all out there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Totally. You know, like your favourite football. For me, the favorite, my favourite footballer is the one that when the referee... Like Michael Hughes at Palace, when the referee blew for full time, I knew that Hughesy had given every fibre of his being and Lee Evans ha has that quality. You know, he's... Uh, yeah, he's, he, you you never accuse him of phoning it in. You know, the, obviously everyone knows about the sweat. He's, you know, he could wring his suit out, and yeah. that and that is the toils of love and the toils of labour. And um, I, I'm I'm absolutely all here for that. Yeah, and it's just it's a kind of I feel like it's a kind of um, there are people that that you know I think Jack is it Jack Gledo? Do you know Jack Gledo? Yeah, he's wonderful, and he kind of reminds me of Lee a little bit. But you know, it's a kind of the eight where what comedy has kind of evolved into at the moment, and there are always your exceptions, and you'd be able to reel them off better than I would, you know, your Spencer Jones and and stuff like that. But comedy seems to be in a, a quite a, from where I'm standing, not what I do or my friends do, but the general generally the business seems to be in quite a serious place. It's, it it's, seems to be, you know, in a kind of it's either political or philosophical. And it kind of switches between those two things and the age of a man or, you know, or anyone going on being on, on stage and being a twat that seems to sadly have, have died a little bit. And I hope I keep that alive. And I know someone like Jack Gledo does. Do you know what I mean? It's just, what is sure. it? It's a man acting like a twat. It's, come it's up, fantastic. It's come up on the pod already a couple of times, that exact thing where with, 
guests lamenting. There, are, there is the odd exception, but I feel those exceptions actually prove the rule um, because we miss. I think it was Al Murray that I told on an earlier app. Um, Barry Cryer used to phone up Harry Hill after each episode of Alien Fun Capsule and go, It's wonderful that it's silly, Harry. We miss silly. Yes. Where's the silly? Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, I think that's that is that is true. Yes, there is Spencer. There's Josh Pugh. There's a Josh couple, Pugh. Yeah, there's a couple of others. And obviously, as I mentioned, the great man there. There's obviously Harry Hill, who's the, you know the 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 Godfather of, of that realm. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I would. I've always got a soft spot for silly and the and and the act who's uh, giving it a fucking go. You know. Yes. Uh, right, Lee, Lee Evans opening. We go for a break. The Midlat will be very grateful that we've gone for a break there. Um, who have you got in the middle? Off the back of Lee Evans and that being my sort of childhood, I think uh, we're then going to kind of jump forward to my 20s and we're going to middle with Dylan Warren. Great. Great choice. Dylan, I discovered, I think, through Black Books... And Bernard, like I think most people did, and Bernard Black, at that time in my life, I was Bernard Black. I'm, I was, and I'm sure a lot of people were, but especially me and my group of friends, we were chain-smoking, booze-guggling, like all we did was drink and smoke, and all we did was be hungover. And I remember I once, I, I mean, the way I used to live, I, once, I genuinely once put up a poster uh, in my room with jam, Go on. Like you know, that that's something Bernard Black would do. Is I'm going to put oh, a poster I, and I, I would use jam as the kind of blue tack. You just, see, I, I, I never, I've never seen that show. Well, that's just fucking stupid. <laughs> that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. For never seen it. In, right, that's just mental. Okay, I don't know what to say to that. That's what. Yeah. So found Dylan through black books and you're in your early 20s and then suddenly going from like you know what I thought comedy was which was Lee and another one of my heroes Jack D and Jeff Green and Lee Hurst uh, when I was growing up they you know it, it was kind of it was very mainstream at the time it was very of its time not of its time because it's st I still enjoy it now but it that's, you know, that was a particular time in comedy. And then, so it all kind of felt slightly oh, similar. I don't, I'm not trying to slag it. No, what, what am I trying to say? It, no, you're right. The point you're making is an entirely fair point. You would put them in a Venn diagram. Those guys would all be in a rather similar yes, circle. Totally right, good. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yes. And, and then I, I watched Dylan Moran and it's like, there's this guy who's, struggling with kind of existing and then he's also kind of philosophizing about you know what it is to be a man what it is to be a woman what it is to be a young man what it is to die what and I had just never seen a comic talk about these sorts of things which were the sorts of things that me and my friends were beginning to talk about at the pub he was then doing shows about it and he was articulating it and using the language in a way that I had never, and still to this day, anyone, you know, anyone, if you, it, it was so unique to him that as soon as anyone kind of tries it post, post, you know, Dylan Moore and you just go and it's just a rip off of Dylan Moore. It's just, it, it, it was just so unique. There never, to, to my knowledge, there had never been a stand-up comedy comedian that had had a voice like it in terms of the way he used the language and the way that he saw the world. Oh, my God. It was like, it, it was just, it was like, fuck me. If I knew words and I read, that is exactly what I think about everything. It was just, oh, it blew me away. And And when... You know, young people, not young people, but, you know, when 
when I was younger, you know, if you were cool, you you were in a band, you went to see live music, you knew about music. I I, I didn't. I knew I I listened to Dylan. I put on Monster, his first DVD, every night when I went to bed. It was on my laptop, like my first MacBook, on the side of my bed. You put Monster on, and I I would watch that, and I would fall asleep to that fucking every night. That was oh like my, my bedtime story. I just I just loved it. It, it to me it was poetry. To me it was it was it was my music. I still I find it very difficult to like not quote. You know, if I'm at the pub, I don't drink anymore. You know what I mean? If I'm out with friends and someone some, says something, I will often go, "Well, it's like Dylan says." You know, and I'll like quote Dylan Moran the way that people quote Bob Dylan. Um, and so again. Because I was, I felt like I was so much like Bernard Black, um, more than I was Dylan. I wasn't like Dylan Moran, but I felt like I was like Bernard Black. Again, if you look at my act, I hope that it would you'd go, yeah, I suppose it is a bit like Bernard Black, and it is a bit like Lee Evans, and you kind of combine that energy, that frenetic energy that you get with Lee, which I naturally have, and then that this also kind of pessimistic shabbiness cluelessness um that bernard black has and you put those two together and then and then and then and then and then with a mixture of what i actually as a human being bring to the act that's probably the act i would say uh, and also i mean the the things that dylan comes up with and and, and, I, and I love feeling like this as a, as a as a comedy fan and as a comedian but you know when someone comes up with a line and you go, oh, where's they got that from? Uh, yeah. Bridges, Bridges is another one that he'll come up with something. Oh, well, and, as a, and as a fan, you're going, oh, that is delicious. And so I remember one of Dylan Moran's lines, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like, um, potential is like your bank balance. Yeah, yeah. You, ne you never have as much as you think. <laughs> and you're like... Stay away. Stay away Stay away. You're like, you beauty, where have you got that? You know, you, you, you put that from the gods. Yeah, um, it's absolutely, absolutely incredible. If you, you know, if you read that quote from like Oscar Wilde, you know, well, from from you know, literally anyone, you'd you'd give it a round of applause. And the fact that someone was doing that and they're a stand-up comedian, um, I suppose Dylan makes you realise what the uh, what is possible with with stand-up. Um, and, you, and also, I know for a fact, you had a lovely moment with him. I think, did you walk past each other? He was on a phone, <laughs> but he gave you the thumbs up or something. Is that right? It's a really, it was really amazing. I, um, I was walking through uh, the meadows in Edinburgh and uh, Dylan was walking towards me. And I was, I was just, I just thought, I, to be honest with you, I thought, I, d I don't want to meet Dylan. He, he might know of me from various TV appearances I've made. You know, he wouldn't have done, you know, didn't do a lot of the kind of television that I did when I was younger. And I, I, and I was pretty ashamed of, you know, the, myself. And so, so I wanted to ignore him. And then he took off his shades. So I'm avoiding eye contact with him. And then I saw him, he took off his shades and he went, hello, Sean. And I was like, holy shit what the fuck and he stopped and he said how are you how are you and um, and i was like oh i'm, I'm very i'm very I'm, i was i mean i was i was so giddy i was like oh very well thank you and he goes uh, how's the show are people coming are people coming and i and i went um and i went uh they 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 they, they are but um I, uh, they're not coming as much as they they used to i don't know if you know i was on a um I was on a dance show and he and he went, he went, oh yes, well you did a little bit too much dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and I just Dylan Moran, like I used to go to bed fucking watching you, and you've just made a joke about I mean, I lot you know what my laugh can get like. I could not pull myself together. <laughs> a little bit too much dancing, and I'm going, ah, <laughs> I'm fucking losing my mind. And then he said, he said, um, uh, what time, what time's your show? I might come. My son likes comedy. I might come. What time's the show? And I get, you know, I'm like, oh, oh, uh, eight o'clock, eight o'clock, uh, whatever the fuck it was. 
Anyway, a couple of more comments exchanged. He starts walk, you know, we say goodbye, goodbye, nice to see you, have a word, good life, blah, blah, blah. Walk, walks away. And I, and then I am so excited, I turn around and I go, Dylan, Dylan, uh, yeah, just in case you forgot, it's, it starts at eight. And he, and he went, he stopped. He looked at me and he went, I said I might come. <laughs> And I was, with, <laughs> I was with my other half. I was with Grace. And we walked away and she went, that's what you would have said. And I went, I know, I know. <laughs> that's exactly what I would have said. <laughs> I said it, I said it, I bumped into a comedian. Uh, sorry, someone yesterday in town. And he went, he went, um, he went, oh, you probably don't remember me. We met at something, something. And I said, oh, sorry, I don't. What's your name? And, and he went, um, you know, oh, how are you? So I spread you up a little bit, and then he went. Anyway, um, and nice to meet you. Goodbye, and 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 uh, hopefully, you know, I start doing well on the circuit, and we, and so we, uh, and so and, you know, so we'll gig together. And I went. Well, hopefully, I do better than I am now, so that I don't have to gig with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh. And um, yeah, and I and I and that and and I yeah, that's kind of me being my cynical self. But yeah, so um, that's lovely. My dry self. So so Dylan and and yeah, Dylan in the middle. You know, we would have had Lee with his energy. Then there's an interval, and now Dylan comes out, and it's kind of and now for something completely different. Beautiful, great choice. So we go for another break. Who is closing this bad boy? Richard Pryor. It's just, it, I mean, what can you say that's not already been said? I said I watch Lee Evans once a year. Every year at Chris, around Christmas time, I put on the, the greatest show of all time. The, no questions now. Richard Pryor live in concert. That's it. That's, that's the greatest stand-up show that will, will ever happen. Done. It's done. It's already been done. And I, 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 I'm sure you can probably find, that, find it out. But why on earth he walks out to a crowd that haven't sat down yet? I'll never know. And I just... Absolutely wild. Isn't it just the, the most... Uh, you're filming your show, like, and you've not waited for them to sit down. You're just going to walk out and you're just going to start, like... Is that... No, is that what the fuck? Is that Pryor's choice or was, the, was it just different then? Exactly. What? I don't know, but what... To come People out. literally, oh if you've not seen it, you know, get it on Amazon for, for buttons, I'm sure. Um, but it's on yes. Netflix. Is it really? Yeah, live in concerts on, or normally on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, do yourself a favour, watch that. And yeah, that is something that will... People taking their seats as the person who is regarded by many as the greatest to ever do it takes to the... I mean, to say that wouldn't happen now is an understatement. I've tried it. Oh, mate. I've mate, tried mate, to do mate. it. To put it into context, if I'm doing a warm-up, if I'm if, I, if I'm the warm-up on a yeah, show yeah. and people are still sitting down, there's a part of me that's thinking, I mean, I wouldn't mind waiting until everyone's sat down. And yeah, I'm the warm-up. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Richard Pryor. Um, I th like, to, to talk about it, it's, you know, to talk about your life, the darkness of your life, which comedians do, you know, very trendy. The way Pryor does it, to talk about that darkness and, and, and yet talk about it with that child-like, like... Vulnerability. Vulnerability, but it's, to be that silly and that funny about... That darkness, it, no one's ever, in my mind, that I've seen quite pulled it off. It's just, and it was a time before, you know, comedy, and now you can, you can study it, you can YouTube it, you can, you, you know, you can look at uh, the way jokes work, all of that stuff. It's all there. It's all on your phone. It's just right there. You can, I, I, you know, you can, yeah. You can come into this now probably not having to be particularly a funny person, I think. You could probably study it and work it out, you know. But that there was a time when there was, that was just, that was the funniest guy on the planet. 
I'd say you can study it and work it out and get good, but the, the those who are naturally funny, funny bones, I, I do think will always have the edge. You can always I hope on. so. Yeah. I know, I hope so. I, I you like to think, don't you? But but back, you know, back then it felt so and I'm not probably romanticizing it myself, but you know, it felt so unlearned. And it felt the Richard Pryor live in concert, every time you watch it, it really to me looks like he has never ever said it before and is never gonna say it again since. But of course he's honed it. Of course he's honed it, and this is the show, but to really make it feel like, you know, show, stand up, a lot of stand ups now, you're watching the show. This is the show, and it's structured like, and it's almost kind of a one man play. And that's great. That's great. You know, no, I, I don't have anything negative to say about the way anyone wants to do it. But, you know, Stan Richard Pryor talking about that, that what he talks about, that never feels like a one man play. That's not a structured piece of theatre. That is stand-up comedy, and that guy is a funny mother fucker. What was your journey into Pryor? So, I would, so personally, as a yeah. as a child, and I mean, like, Superman three is that what you were yeah. saying? Yes, I. And it was almost like a, it was almost yeah. like a bonus that he was a stand-up comedian. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Superman three. Yeah, it was so funny. I don't. No, I've not seen that film in years. I the comic that. relief in Superman 3 is also a stand-up comedian. Well, I, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Great gig, Sean. Undeniable. Uh, is, it, what, is there an incident that's happened to you at a gig or that you've seen at a gig that you would love to somehow replicate at this gig? I did my, I think it was my second ever gig at the King's, downstairs at the King's Head in, in Crouch End for the wonderful uh, Pete Graham. Um, I was trying out a new five for the first time. So I had my first five and I was trying out my second five and I hadn't tried it. And, um, you know, downstairs at the King's Head is one of the best clubs in the country. And especially when you're starting out, what a privilege it is to play there. And I went and the five, can you imagine this? I'm, I'm saying it for the first time. It goes better than the first five. And just, my God, uh, that is going to be one of the best feelings I've ever had as, as a stand-up comedian. Those early days where you're kind of guessing. And, the, and I was a very good open spot because I was intuitively probably quite funny. And so it was a lot, it was a lot more instinctive for me. So I could kind of just guess what would work and it would work. It was just, it was just an incredible time. Stand up to me, that the beginning of it, I did a little course, um, Jill Edwards comedy course, which a lot of people have done, Jimmy Carr yeah. and Shappy and loads of people, loads yeah. of people, Hal Crutton and, and um, that is the, that for me is, 
I think I, you know, I said at the beginning, this has been the best year of my career. And I mean, kind of probably in terms of productively, but actually, actually that, that, that the beginning of doing stand up is, I will probably remain, I, I imagine the best period of my life. You know, in comedy, in comedy, and it was just—it was just unbelievable. This is all I ever wanted to do. You know, I did it in the playground at school, and now I'm doing it. It was just—it was just unbelievable. And that I got to that night, I got to Brighton Station, and I was alone. And Brighton, the top of Brighton Station is Trafalgar Street, and it goes all the way down to St Peter's Church. It's a hill, and I got off, and I danced. I danced down the middle of the road. And I didn't care who was looking. It was, you know, it was late at night. So I traveled back from Crouch End. So it probably would have been one in the morning or something. And I just danced the whole way down the hill. It was just absolutely incredible. And, um, you, just, I, it, you know, that's, that's about being young as well. But it, it, at, that, at that point, I really thought that I was kind of unstoppable. I thought I would do, you, you, like you used to when you had a good gig, you kind of... As you get older, you realise you have to tame that drug and you actually have to just, I try and, if I have a good gig, you know, just wind down and, and kind of reset, just like you try and do if you have a bad gig. But then you don't, you know, you don't know that. And it was just, it was just, it was, wow, to have felt that incredible. I've got visions of you dancing down there like uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker going down the stairs. Yes, it was more just yeah, it was more just yeah, it was more just spinning round and skipping. That, but even that, I mean, you can. I know it's not the same. And when you when you are new, and that, I remember my first ever gig. Rob Collins orchestrated it, and I and after the gig, Rob Rob Collins, God bless him, said to me, he goes, uh, "Well done, mate. By the way, just so you know, you won't sleep tonight." And I oh, can. Oh wow! And That's even amazing. that night, I remember, and you know what? The gig hadn't even gone that well, but it didn't matter. And I remember lying in bed and just, be, it was like a, it was like I'd done drugs. And and so th now, you know, these days, Sean, you try a new bit. Uh, Tim will know I tried four new bits last week and they went, and all four went well, dare I say it. And I, and I got that high. I, I, I got a high, but it's not the same as that pure high as when you're new and it is... Again, come back to that phrase of it feels like you've got the world by the tail. So what that I can, yeah, I'm totally. with you there, Sean. Totally. And that feeling of doing a new five and it going even better. Oh my uh, god! Than, can you imagine? I mean, for the first time for the first time, you know, that's unbelievable. I like just I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, incredible. And your heart to anyone listening that you know who is maybe thinking of getting into comedy. Can you explain what that is like? Because your heart is just racing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's just like, it's like taking a lot of drugs. Yeah. Quite simply. It is, yeah. You, 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 can't, you can't believe you look. You feel like you've won a competition. It's like, it's the closest you get to Christmas as a child. It's that sort of uh, giddy rush. It's just a physical, it's, you know, you are, you are buzzing. You are complete, you're not, yeah. I mean, I dance down the middle of a road. Yeah. You know, you're, that's what you're like. That's it, there. Lovely, beautiful, perfect, beautiful. Uh, now then, incident you'd love to erase, the sort of thing that happened at a gig that you would not want to, uh, that sort of thing, you wouldn't want it to happen again at this one. <laughs> well, there are, there are many. <laughs> again, I got a lot of these amazing opportunities at a very young age, and I did, uh, I did the Royal Variety performance, and, um, uh, you know, I just completely fucking died. And then Prince Charles <laughs> came up to me. Yeah, I met Prince Charles. I died in front of Prince Charles. And he he came up to me and you had to meet him afterwards in the lineup or whatever it is. And and I'm thinking, oh God, Prince Charles is gonna he's gonna, you know, he's gonna go, well done, and I'm gonna have to go, oh, thank you. You know, and you both you both know that I ate shit, uh, but you're having to kind of pretend. But actually what happened is he got to me and he leant in and he went, don't worry about that lot, bunch of toffs. And it was amazing that Prin Prince Charles had acknowledged my death. Um, and, and, I, and it really made me laugh. So I've always got a soft spot for Prince Charles. I really like him because of that. Because I much prefer that, you know, someone being up uh, straight up with you. Than, or straight with you, sorry. 
he's talk he what he said there is like the the best thing anyone could have said yeah. i think mate i like prince charles more now for that story he said to you what like your closest comedian mate might have said exactly yeah he's really called that right yeah he's not got he's not led to the god did you enjoy it he's not led to which is the worst one the, oh, well, the worst one for me is when is when you get um if he'd gone how do you think how do you think that went yeah 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 how do you think that went did you enjoy totally yeah, horrendous. I remember being an open sport, getting booked for a gig, and I and I thought it had gone all right. And the, I remember the promoter coming up to me afterwards and going, "How do you think that went?" And then oh. you're like, "And then you're like, oh god, well, I thought it had gone better than that." Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, horrendous. that's lovely. Yeah, really good. That's sweet. I take I take it paths have, have not crossed since. <laughs> and we're meeting up for uh, for dinner tonight. In the, but I'll tell you what though, that will be that will be a lovely story arc if you do if you do the royal variety again, and you know it it could obviously happen, and you see him again and you smash it, and you go, you know you, you have that you have that bonding moment. Yes, that is very funny. Yes. Tell you what, mate, there are a better crowd tonight. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Charles, if tonight's seating plan was down to you, well played, old son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, that's beautiful. Uh, so, Sean, you've got home. Great gig. How how do you unwind? Is is there is there a go to TV show, go to movie, something? Do you know else? what? I've uh, how I unwind is I'm not I'm not home yet. Now, normally I play top secret, and that's where I go and try out my new stuff. And what I do is, if the new stuff goes particularly well, what I do is I walk from top secret in Covent Garden. All the way to Baker Street Tube, and I and I and by the time that walk has finished, the buzz has gone, and um, and I'm kind of back to normal, and I get on the tube and I'm home. So I just walk off that buzz. That's great. Do you, are you, do you anything in the earphones, or is it just you just listening I'll, to? London? I might play a bit of classical music and walk through Soho. That's what I like to do. Some like p piano Apple playlist piano chill and walk through Soho at night when you've had a good gig and you think, okay, this show could be good. That's, that's a nice feeling, but it's a lot more, it's a lot more content now. So it's quite, it's quite a cozy feeling as opposed to a rush of madness dancing down the middle of the street. Sean, uh, thank you as always. That was wonderful. Perfect. Thank you for having me. That was great fun. There he is, the maestro, Sean Walsh. Now then, your favourite Sean Walsh memory. We're, we're lucky boys, Tim, in that this was a case of whittling down. But I think I've got mine. Uh, and mine would be... So, always be comedy. We used to do a new material night at Putney Arts Theatre many years ago. Ran for a good couple of years. Who was the resident comedian? Romesh Ranganathan. Yes, really. Um, this was before This was before Romad you know, truly exploded. But there was one time where Sean Walsh had popped down and Sean Walsh performed this routine where it was trying to get a Wi-Fi password when you round at someone's house. I know he, the one. You know the one, don't you? And, he, and he, sort of, he, he stands on his head, he goes upside down, he flips upside down a chair and he's, and he's going lowercase J, uppercase K, the number four, right? And it's a, it's an, I mean, the room was rocking. This is, and this became a real signature piece on that subsequent tour. And uh, Ramesh said to me, revealed to me, uh, I think while Sean was performing it, Sean just wrote this in the pub just before the show. And you, and you sort of puff out your cheeks and go, oh my God. Gideon, you know, you're, you're in the presence of greatness. So basically, the, the the ink was still wet on this routine. And the very, very first time he would performed it, he would basically scored tens across the board. And you know what, I don't think the routine changed. He basically, it came out of the oven. Perfect. I, I don't <laughs> it didn't really need much tweaking. And I, I, I think about that quite a lot. Uh, because We've all, any comedian, we, we've all tried new bits and often you're either going, well, I'll never do that again. Or you'll go, oh, there might be something in that. But Sean basically stuck it in the top corner for, at, at the first time of asking. Uh, absolutely majestic. Uh, Tim Lewis. 
So it's tricky because there are there are so many. I think I really do mean it when I think sure I say Sean is possibly the best observational comedian may, I may have ever seen. Genuinely, I think he's absolutely wonderful. So my favorite memory is the last time I saw him. He's oh, got, that's nice. I his from the heart. Absolutely, he's got. I won't, I won't say what it is, but he's talking about ordering food at a certain restaurant and he's got every single drop of comedy you can get out of a topic. It's just incredible. It's one of my favourite bits and I've only ever seen it once. Superb. Uh, so if, if you're intrigued and if you've never seen him live, as we say, uh, please do Google Sean Walsh tour to catch one of the best live uh and we absolutely we, we we can't wait to see him back uh at always be comedy uh huge and heartfelt thanks to you all uh we, we, we are super we're always hashtag super grateful boys uh do drop us a line the team at always we hope you have uh a wonderful week bye 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 <laughs>